Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. My name is Alan Stamford and welcome to Othello in Offaly. Doubt has been dripped into Othello's mind by Iago. Doubt about the faithfulness of Desdemona. And Othello just can't quite deal with it. He's suspicious, he's confused, but somewhere deep inside him, he still trusts her. We're only at the very beginning of this game. And Othello, left alone, starts to express these doubts. This fellow is of exceeding honesty and knows all qualities with the learned spirit of human dealings. If I do prove her haggard, though that her jesses were my dear heart strings, I'd whistle her off and let her down the wind to pray at fortune. I'd whistle her off and let her down the wind to pray at fortune. So he's making a very clear statement. If I prove her haggard, if I can prove that she has been unfaithful to me, she is out. There's no question about it. If he has proof of her unfaithfulness, she's gone. Happily, for I am black, and have not those soft parts of conversation that chambers have, or for I am declined into the veil of years, yet that's not much. Now, here's an interesting one. Happily, by the way, is an Elizabethan expression, meaning mayhap, or possibly, or perhaps. It has nothing to do with happily. Happily, for I am black, and have not those soft parts of conversation that chambers have, or for that I am declined into the veil of years. In other words, he's looking at himself, He's saying, why would she be unfaithful? Maybe because I'm black. Maybe because I don't have fancy conversation. And maybe because I'm old. He looks at those three aspects, especially the first and the last, that he is black and that he is old. And that might be the reason that she is unfaithful. Remember, Iago has already suggested, just suggested, that that could be the reason. Here, Othello is considering it. She's gone. I am abused and my relief must be to loathe her. O oh, curse of marriage, that we can call these delicate creatures ours and not their appetites. Now that's a very interesting point. She's gone. If she's gone, if I am abused, I must loathe her. And that's to do with his purity and innocence of soul there that says, you must be faithful, and if you are not faithful, it is unforgivable. And I must loathe her. I don't want to, but I must, because that's the way the rules work curse of marriage that we can call these delicate creatures ours and not their appetites. That you can actually love them. You can actually marry them. But you can't control them. That's the curse of husbands since the whole idea of marriage ever began. I had rather be a toad and live upon the vapour of a dungeon than keep a corner in the thing I love for others' uses. Yet tis the plague of great ones. Prerogatives are they less than the base. Tis destiny unshunable like death. Even then, this forked plague is fated to us when we do quicken. He's almost sort of looking at the inevitability of it now. He's beginning to persuade himself of the, of the argument. I'd rather be a toad and live upon the vapour of a dungeon than keep one corner of the thing I love for others' uses. The, the idea is beginning to settle in his brain. He's beginning to be persuaded by the argument. He's beginning to make the assumption because of the doubt that's been planted in his mind, he's beginning to make the assumption that it may be true. Look where she comes. If she be false, oh, then heaven mocks itself. I'll not believe it. And there you see the contrast. One look at her. Oh, look, there she is. Ah, God, she's gorgeous. Ah, no, she couldn't possibly have done it. No, I won't believe it. So now you've got this conflict going on in his head. 
Yes, yes, there's possibility. Yes, I suspect. Yes, it could be happening. And if she is doing it, that's her, she's out. And then he sees her coming, and immediately, all that gets blown out of his head, and he thinks, nah, she's lovely. She can't possibly be doing that. No, I won't believe it. So here we have a man with an enormous conflict going on in his imagination. And that conflict is what Iago wanted to plant, and that conflict is what Iago is going to prey on. Othello's mind is in torment. Doubt has been set in motion by Iago. And the trouble with doubt is that once it sets in, it's almost impossible to shift. You can believe in something. You can believe absolutely in something. And you think that that belief will never be shaken. And then along comes somebody with one suggestion that your own imagination can't deny. And suddenly, everything you've ever believed in begins to shake. Doubt is a wicked, wicked tool if it's used properly. And Iago is very clever. As Othello said at the very beginning of that speech, Iago knows all qualities with a learned spirit of human dealings. Iago knows how people work. He knows how they think, and he knows how to manipulate their thoughts. Suspicion always creates uncertainty in the human mind, and it's that very uncertainty that Iago will play on. However, as I said, Othello is not yet convinced. He only is doubting. He needs proofs more positive than mere suspicion. How now, my dear Othello, your dinner and the generous islanders by you invited to attend your presence? I am to blame. Why do you speak so faintly? Are you not well? I have a pain upon my forehead here. Faith, that's with watching. Twill away again. Let me but bind it hard. Within this hour, it will be well. Your napkin is too little. Come, let it alone. I'll go in with you. I'm very sorry that you are not well. And this short scene creates one of the most significant moments in the play. Desdemona has come in, and she's genuinely concerned for him. A, where have you been? We've got a big party going on that you set up and you're not there. And he utters that little phrase, I am to blame. He's not talking to her, he's talking to himself. He's saying, it's my fault. I shouldn't believe any of this. I shouldn't believe any of this doubt. And she's worried because he looks unsettled. Her first concern is for him. Why do you speak so faintly? Are you not well? And then he says, I've got a headache. And the first thing she does is take out her handkerchief to wrap around his head to make him feel better. And he says, no, it's too small. Leave it. And drops it. He doesn't even notice the handkerchief. Just, no, 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 throw it away. That handkerchief is going to kill Desdemona because it's just left there, lying. And thank you to Niall Towie from Wilson's Hospital and to Catherine McKay, also from Wilson's Hospital, for reading that extract. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.